rolling dice and drawing cards to solving puzzles and opening locks. For beginners who are new to games, as well as experienced players who want something new. Let us take you through the exciting world of gaming and help you design a great gaming get-together. We're your hosts, Lauren and Greg, and Friday is game night. Happy Friday, everyone! Welcome back to Friday's Game Night. In this episode, we'll discuss throwing a successful game night and why game nights are the new dinner party. We'll talk about our favorite party games, give our escape room report, and as always, talk our Friday favorites. So this podcast is called Friday's Game Night. And the reason behind this, I should say, is because we host a Friday game night every week. Sometimes Saturday, depending. Schedules yeah, and, and sometimes we don't have it. You know, sometimes people have other things they want to do. But for the most part, we usually have a Friday game night. If your game nights fall on Tuesday, this podcast is still for you. Yeah. <laughs> do not be disillusioned by the fact yeah. that we are strictly Friday based. I did hear someone recently say they missed their Monday game night. And I was like, wow, you guys do it on Monday? Like Some people, Monday's their Saturday. True. You Very know? true. So, I mean, it just works out. Or what better way to start a work week than to be like, let's play games and then we can go into this horrible week where we have to do work. Yeah. <laughs> and even us, like ours are Friday, but as we're getting older, we're even questioning if we still want to do it on Fridays and not switch to a different day. You know, originally it was not all of us were off on the weekends. Right now we're in a sweet spot where everybody's off on the weekends. Yay. And it works a normal schedule for the most part. One of our friends has to commute, but that's about it. Um, but, you know, we... We're tired on Friday sometimes, you know. That's a, that's the thing when you're an adult and you work. Like it's not like back before you were like, "Woohoo, Friday! It's the night yeah. to go out and stuff." Now it's like, "Yeah, it's Friday, but I've just worked a full day and I'm tired." Tune in next month for Saturday is game night, maybe. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Slowly listen to Greg and Lauren age themselves as this podcast goes on. <laughs> How high am I? Are these pants covering my belly button? Yet? Yeah, you got the Fred Mertz effect going yeah. on. <laughs> well, it's like um, for those of us, who, for those of you who follow our Instagram, I recently did an Instagram story where I was unboxing the latest Harry Potter crate, and I mentioned that I've canceled all my Loot Crate subscriptions <gasps> because, I mean, one, it, it is a financial burden, burden to pay, like, 30 bucks every month for, for some But you get such awesome loot. But the thing is, like, I just got to that point where I was like, I'm paying all this money and I'm getting all this stuff. And some of it's cool, but some of it I don't care about. And some of it I'm like, this is cool, but I'm not going to, like, put this up in my house. Yeah. You know, like, I'm, I'm a, you know, 32-year-old woman. Like, I don't... I only Lord, need, are you saying yeah. that you don't have a place to put a Mega Man figurine? Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, even the Harry Potter stuff, which I liked, and that wasn't monthly, so that was nice. It was like every three months or something. You know, I can only have so many Harry Potter bookends in my house. You know what I mean? Not true. Get more books. <laughs> so it was just like, I kind of got to that point where I was like, this is fun, but like, I need to stop now. Yeah. So once again, I'm old. <laughs> and And as you said, it's just really stuffed you. And stuff crate doesn't sell as well as loot crate. Yeah. So. Well, and, you know, after a while, you can only have, like, so much clutter and so much stuff in our lives, yeah. you know? We're at an age where we should not be getting loot. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> and, you know, I'm sure that money is better saved elsewhere. So it's one of those things that like it's towards fun. towards buying board games. <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. Well, and my hope is eventually that we can do some more, because there are some subscription-based board games. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to try some of those out so that, you know, maybe we can give a review for you guys so that you don't have to try them all. We'll try them for you. We will spend your money for us. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Not quite sure how that's going to work yet. We'll figure it out. <laughs> oh, I have a way. But since this podcast is all about game nights, we thought it was about time that we talked 
how to throw a game night. Regardless of what day of the week it falls. Regardless. <laughs> say and you may agree you may not i would say that in this our current world today that game nights are the new dinner party oh definitely i mean why why do you think that is what is it about our generation that it's changed because we need to be entertained constantly because dinner parties used to be let's invite all of our adult friends over let's just sit down and have dinner and talk and a cocktail and a cocktail but here's the thing it, it was essentially like a way to catch up almost. Like, I don't get to see Fred and George yeah. all the time. So let's invite them over and their wives mm-hmm. or girlfriends or whatever. And we'll talk and about we can our, all talk yeah. about our lives and stuff. But since we're all interconnected with Facebook and texting and mm-hmm. all the other online platforms, that's done for you. It's like the high school reunion. No one goes to those anymore as far as I know because Facebook does that for me. Yeah, I don't need to go back and see if my... High school crush got fat. I know. Yeah. Well, I can see that she had 5 million kids. Yeah, exactly. You know? I can see that I dodged a bullet. I don't need to go to that and find yeah. out I dodged a bullet. Bald, bald, fat, bald, fat, and bald. <laughs> you know? Dead, dead, dead. No. Oh, the deads. That's a fun game, Happens. too. That's a game I miss not doing for my high school reunions. Like, who's not going to show up? <laughs> yeah. Because they can't. Yeah. But, um... We want to get together. Humans are social creatures, mm-hmm. I believe, instinctually. So we love to be together and, like, you know, share time with each other. But if we're not going to be catching up about our lives because that's already done, what else can we do to be entertained? I'm mm-hmm. not going to just sit in a room with you like, this is nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Remember when you did that thing? Yeah, yeah. I remember when I did yeah. that thing. <laughs> so we need something else. So, of course, we have games. We yeah. love to play games. We love competition. We love to get imaginative and maybe even get some story in there. Yeah. And I think we've talked before about how games are, in a way, their own form of social lubrication in a way. Mm-hmm. It, it gets people communicating. It gets people talking. It brings people out of their shells as well. Oh, yeah. The way you would just, if you just had to sit and converse, mm-hmm. it's made a lot easier if you have the game to converse about. Yeah. And even, and even if you're talking about the game, other things are coming out. Like, in a way, games would be a really good way for people to get to know each other as well. Definitely. Because their personality is able to come out. I mean, we just introduced someone new to our gaming group recently. Mm-hmm. But already she's like coming into the fold, getting a better sense of what people are like, what their personalities are like, what their sense of humor is like. Yeah. And I feel like it's she, in a way she's able to jump over that initial awkward period of getting to know people because she's playing games with them so she's getting to see their personalities and playing games lets people kind of like as they say let your hair down and cut loose a little bit Uh so you don't have the kind of like oh i should hold back a little bit yeah it's like no we're having game we're playing games we're having fun you know Mm -hmm. she asked us and like this is a family podcast so i won't say the words but she's just like do you guys use adult language? And I said a certain word, like, heck yeah, we do. You know? <laughs> yeah. And like, I said in front of everybody. Mm. So she's like, oh, okay. So like that barrier is already like fine. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. I mean, the one of the first things we asked her was what her Harry Potter house was. <laughs> Yeah, because it matters. And unfortunately, she's a Slytherin. But we didn't have a Slytherin in our group. But that is good because, yeah, now we're a bit more We're rounded. a bit more and, and her boyfriend, who doesn't get a chance to join us too often, he's a Hufflepuff. That completes us. Because mm-hmm. before, we're just a bunch of Ravenclaws and Gryffindors over here. <laughs> yeah. The, well, our normal force on the two boys are Ravenclaws and the two girls are Gryffindors. <laughs> yeah. I like to imagine 
that, and I said this today in our little private mm-hmm, um, that we texting all have a secondary chain, that I think that everybody has a, like, I, I imagine it as if, like, you're applying for, like, schools. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I hope I get into Harvard, but Stanford's my fallback. You yeah. know, like, I think everybody has a Griffin, has a, a Hogwarts house, but they should also have, like, a fallback house. Yeah, well, I, and I feel like, too, if you Ravenclaw was full, I'm going to go to Hufflepuff. If you take enough tests, too, you might start to see, like, every once in a while, I fall into this other house exactly. on this test. And for, like, That's for me, house. I've fallen on Ravenclaw, which makes sense yeah. if you consider, like, me. Like, I'm, you know, fairly well-educated Meanwhile, and analytical. Our, <laughs> our friend Christian, I said, you're 100% a Gryffindor Slytherin. You know it. <laughs> yeah, because she, she's got an evil streak there. Yeah. Not in a bad way, in a good way. But yeah, so I mean, it helps that not only like you said, right now, we already know all about each other's lives. We don't need that. So we need something else to interact. But also it just it gives us something to do and to interact with each other with in a way that we, you know, I feel like it's just also the dinner party idea is just seems boring and stuffy. Yeah, like our the newer generation isn't interested in that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, just look at um, and I, this is kind of meta because I'm talking about a board game movie, but Clue, mm-hmm. where they're having a dinner party where it's all the people sitting around the table and they're just like, oh, this is delicious. And they're just like eating the soup or whatever. And it's like, you have nothing to say to each other. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah. And granted, they don't really know each other. So that's one reason. But that's, but that's like but the opposite end game, of it. But if they had a game. Yeah. But if they had a game, they would get to know each other. Maybe they get to know each other a little bit. Yeah. Like, oh, you work for the government too? Fantastic. We just saved ourselves 20 minutes of this film. Like, yeah. You know? you know what's funny is actually kind of like you know, just in general. Um, so I was on a Facebook group recently and people were asking, okay, aside from this, the reason that we're all in this group, what is everyone else's hobbies? Mm-hmm. And so this one guy, I had mentioned board games and this one guy said, you know, he really likes board games, but he doesn't have a group to play with. And where he lives, he said when he's tried to do like the meetup.com, which you can find board game groups on, we even played. I did it once and it was okay. It's just, it was too far of a drive for me to make regular. Yeah. And we also did that other group that one time and it was fine. It was just, we also had another group and we couldn't do both groups kind of thing. Um, But he said, you know, all of those groups have been people a lot older than himself. Mm -hmm. And he's like, that's fine, but I kind of want to like hang out with people my own age. And I was telling him, I said, you know, well, Tabletop Day is coming up in April. And I said, do you have a local game store? And he said, yes. And I said, we'll find out if your local game store is doing anything. Because he said the same thing we've noticed is our local game store, they seem very focused on when they do have game events. It's very focused on something like Magic the Gathering. Something that you keep maybe, coming up with new additions of. Yeah, which which maybe is fine, but maybe like I don't, we don't play Magic. I want you to try it. Yeah. It's a fun game. And I, I don't think that you will get into it like you're going to go buy your own cards. Yeah, and, and I don't think we'd ever I go to... I don't think we'd never ever go to compete in like competitions oh, or anything oh, like Lord, that. Oh, Lord, no. So the thing is, no. if that's not really your thing and that's all the game store offers, it's kind of like, yeah, I'm not going to go to that. But I said, at least if you go to Tabletop Day, that's what everyone's there for. Yeah. And everyone's going to be there to play games. And I said, you know, you'd be surprised who you can meet. I mean, we went to Tabletop Day last year at a game store that we'd never been to before. Yeah. And we ended up playing with a bunch of different people. And that's it, how we got a bunch of games, too, like Clank. Yeah, yeah, because we, we played Clank and we played... Which um, I love. The other one we played. Cult Express. Uh, Cult Express, exactly. So both of those games... Which you actually just recently got me. Finally. Yeah, exactly. Greg got that for Christmas. Yay. So... <laughs> So, I mean, it also helped that we took some games with us that nobody had seen. Yeah. So that helped because people were like, what is that? And can I play it with you? And, you, and I was like, heck yeah, sit down. Yeah. Do you have half an hour for me to explain the rules? Because <laughs> Letters from White Chapel takes a while. Yeah, 
it's not that hard. No, it's not. It's not. Yeah, and also I played as Jack and you played as one of the detectives, so you were helping them as we yeah. played. Like I, you, we didn't have to really explain Jack to them that much. Um, so that helped too because it was a conversation starter built mm-hmm. in. But you know, it was just that if you go to these places during that time where everyone's playing a common goal, and who knows, you might meet your gaming group. Yeah, there. you might find your gaming mate. <laughs> I, it's like not just soulmate, but like your soulmate for games. Yeah. You know? Well, and what's weird is like I got I guess lucky because I dated into a gaming group that yeah. was already formed because yep. you already had normal Friday game nights when I, we started dating, so I just sort of joined. You're lucky because we had a no girls allowed sign, but we could have one. And you already had your quota filled. So I took that sign down. <laughs> <laughs> I had to ratify the constitution. It was yeah. crazy. And I mean, our game. And the thing is, our gaming group has morphed over the years too. Yeah. People have left and people have joined. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I don't want to say I have usurped game night, but I do like to think that maybe I've added something in. No, I think how everybody. We've done it. Everybody, and I've been in different game groups throughout since like high school, you know, mm-hmm. for over the past like 15 years or so. Totally dating myself. But, um, <laughs> like, no, everybody adds something mm-hmm. when they come, even if they're only there for like a short while, you add a little bit of something. Yeah. And I think our focus has changed as well because at least I don't, I don't know because I only, you know, obviously I can't, I don't know what your game nights were like before I joined. Oh, full of craziness. But, but like the early ones I went to, you know, a lot of it was we're having pizza and chips and lots and lots and lots of soda. Yeah. And over the, over time, I've kind of morphed that into where a lot of times one of us cooks. Which or, is better. Yeah. Or, and, and we've kind of in just the last month or two, we've really started cutting. We cut down on the soda a little bit, mm-hmm. but we've cut down more. And things. We're just, we're trying to be healthier and yeah. more mindful. And even uh, some people's uh, personal backgrounds might affect it. Like I'm Catholic. And mm-hmm. for the coming uh, month until uh, April, I can't have meat on Fridays. Yeah, so we have so to So that affects the things. menu, and I have to have some kind of vegetarian or at least pescatarian options. Mm-hmm. And we have friends with some allergies, too, that we have to take into consideration. Yeah. One of our friends can't eat nuts. Yeah. That's fine. And we just won't do uh, walnut brownies. Yeah, and one of them can't have strawberries. So yeah. <laughs> So what what would you say if you're you want to go out and host a game night? Okay, I sure do. Yeah. So what what would be the first thing as far as okay the games? How do you pick the games and what 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 are we looking at here? What you have to look at first, I think, is how many people are coming. Size because, matters. Yes, it does. <laughs> we've we've actually talked about this before in a previous episode uh-huh. where the amount of people that you have will work better with some games versus others. Mm-hmm. Some games, even though they say they can go up to let's say five players doesn't work so well as five players. It works yeah. better with three, maybe. Exactly. You know? And we found that, you know, there's a game um, that we played. Um, it's something mad. The Big Book of the Madness. The Big Book of Madness, which is essentially, it's is a cooperative game that you're playing. And you're all, you're slowly going through this book trying to fight, like, creatures. You, okay, essentially, you're like, it's like you're student wizards, not Hogwarts related, but other, you know. Mm-hmm. This is like the East Coast version, I guess, you know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you're student wizards who have opened this book of spells and madness. 
and these monsters are flying out of the pages. Uh-huh. You know, very much like in uh, almost like think like Adam's family, how like they open the books and stuff happens like a mm-hmm. tornado, whatever. And you have to use your spells to fight the monsters before they drive you insane. And in the end of the game, you have to defeat the last monster so the book can close and you don't go insane and lose. Mm-hmm. So it's a cooperative thing. Yeah. It's all about deck building and like, you know, oh, I don't have enough uh, magical energy to do this spell, but I can mm-hmm. do that spell. And I want to say it goes up to six players. Five. It goes up to five. Oh, but we have found that five players is not good. No, it's... five players it is rough because yeah. you can only do one thing per turn against the monster and then your turn is done. I still feel like it's six because I feel like there's a male and female of each of the characters. There is, but it's only five okay. because there's only five rounds. Because if there was more than five, then one player would be like, well, I'm not doing anything this turn. Yeah. Four people is is the sweet spot for that game. I would say so, I'd say even three people is the perfect maybe, sweet spot. Yeah. But four people works. Yeah. Yeah. So basically we know, okay, if we're gonna have five people, we can't play that. Well, you can, but it's just it doesn't work out as well. Yeah. Meanwhile, if you have six people, completely out of the question. Yeah, exactly. Unless one person's just gonna sit there and go like, I think you should do this. Why aren't you playing then? Mm-hmm. Like, because yeah. there's no room for me. Yeah, and then there's other things like, you know, um, Pandemic, which is a game where you're slowly trying to eradicate diseases together. Mm -hmm. There's a legacy version, which is a game that changes every time you're playing it, and you play through seasons. And you pretty much, the group you start with is the group you have to play all the way through. So we know, oh, there's a bunch of other people coming. We can't play that because we can't add new people to it. And I mean, you could, like, let's say our friend Christopher doesn't show up for one Mm -hmm. night. We could have someone else take a spot, but at the same time, it's a story that you've built up with these four people so far. Uh-huh. You really would hate to like have to try to catch somebody up. Yeah, and, then, and also like, and then he's going to be caught up when he gets back. Yeah, know? and also you get used to your character and yeah. you know how your character plays. Yeah, and also I'm sure for him, if he wasn't there, he'd be like, oh, but I didn't then get to see what happened that time. Exactly. You know? So it just it's better if you play it with the same people. It'd be like if someone ripped the middle chapters out of your favorite book mm-hmm. and then they gave that to somebody else and said, here. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so what other aside from well, size yeah so you definitely need to figure out how many people are coming what games do we have that best fit that because if it's only just going to be like you mean dupree mm-hmm. you know like there's a lot of games that work well with three people but there's going to be like six maybe more maybe people bringing plus ones that are unexpected you know maybe because uh-huh. some people have open-ended things like yeah bring a friend whatever mm-hmm. you know then you need to have something that's a bit more open-ended for the number of players, like a card game, Mm -hmm. you know, like Cards Against Humanity or something, where it can go up to however many you have. Uh Um, The other thing that you need to figure out uh, with people is, is anyone bringing anything? If, uh, let's say, our friend Nick is going to bring a board game, you know, Mm -hmm. but I have this board game and she has her board game and everyone's bringing a board game. Like, you know, yeah, like, and we can't play all of them. We can't play all of them. You but know? I mean, that's fine too. Maybe you you roll a dice to figure out who gets played true, or you true. take a vote or something like that. But yeah, it is hard when everybody brings their new game and everybody wants to play their new game. Yeah. And that's the other thing that I think is important is you have to be flexible. Definitely you may be flexible. really want to play a game and the group just doesn't want to. And you can. I want be... to play Dungeons and Dragons every single day. Yeah. <laughs> well, and also, I mean, the thing with Dungeons and Dragons is too, you, we. Um, you know, we have this a certain group, and if people are missing, it makes it really hard to play. Because you have yeah. characters, once again, in the story. Yeah, you know. and also, um, and you might, you know, different people have different abilities, and without them, it's like, okay, well, we could do this, but we're missing our healer and stuff. Mm. So if we get in any trouble, we're really, you know. We're, we're in trouble. We're yeah. in trouble. Um, and the the main problem with us, too, our inability to play D&D is our D&D group is very small. 
So one person missing makes a big deal. It does, yeah. You know, because you're a DM, so that means there may be only three of us, and three, you know, is a it, tiny group. It could be, it could work, but we've established it playing with four, yeah. so it it's a tiny group. Um, actually, I because I went out um, on social media and asked people what their you know ideas were and how um, how they've dealt with game night. And um, someone actually did bring up D&D, and I, I did like their answer a lot. It is actually from the Flix X-Raid podcast. He said his first rule is you got to find a regular group and figure out what what works for everyone. Mm-hmm. Second is they usually play um, a role-playing game like D&D um, that's a long-term thing. But they have a house rule called the Rule of Two. Which is that if two of the normal play players are missing, we do not play that main game. We do something else. But as long as if less than two of them are missing, like if just say one person is missing, you don't get to play D&D that week. We're playing without We'll catch you. you up, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And Which he, is a fair rule. Yeah, and um, this person actually said that they've been playing in a gaming group for 10 years now. Yeah. So sounds going strong. Right. Yeah, know? sounds right. But um, yeah, and then going along with that, it's also how much energy do the people have? Because, you know, to tell the truth, I just started a new job mm-hmm. and it's really taxing learning all the different things that I go along with this new job. It's very complicated, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, I may not be mentally capable of doing d Yeah, you know? and, and we actually talked about this earlier. The thing with D&D too is because you have to use so much creativity and you have to talk things out and make decisions... If one person is feeling really tired and sluggish, it could affect everybody's ability to play the game. Yeah. You know, because that one person's taking a really long time or mm-hmm. is not really contributing to the group. So definitely with organization, you got to check in with everybody and say, kind of see like where everyone's like mood is at. Mm-hmm. Like, are they going to be bringing anything? And sort of, are we feeling like we are up for something a bit more grand scale than that or do we want to try to make this a bit more of a low-key thing Mm -hmm. and the other thing is time how late are you guys gonna go how long do you have you know some people when they have a when they have a game night it's more like a game day and they're starting like and they're playing all through saturday or something like that well you know we're usually starting six or seven o'clock and at least right now we're good because no one works on saturday but up until very recently, two of our group had to work on Saturday. And yeah. you, before you started this new job, had to get up very early I did be up at 3.30 in the morning at yeah. work. So we couldn't go really late because Greg had to get up early the next day. I sure did. So, you know, so that also affected what we were playing because it was just like we can't we can't start a game of risk because it just, It'll take it's forever. not going to yeah, And there's no work. way I'm going to be able to get to sleep after mm-hmm. that anyways, you know, because my brain would be going too much. Yeah. I also think um, an important part of picking a game is to know your group. We've talked about in a previous episode that we were at a party once and we tried to get a round of werewolf going. And it just, everybody, people were drinking, people wanted to talk, and it just wasn't working out. It, it doesn't work. That's you a know, game where people was, have to be focused. Yeah, people just weren't focused. Um, or we also mentioned, too, another party instance where we tried to play Once Upon a Time, mm-hmm. which is a storytelling game. With cards, With yeah. cards. And people were just too distracted. It wasn't the right setting for a storytelling thing because people were too interested in socializing and drinking and eating and things like that. And it was just, they couldn't... It didn't work out. They couldn't focus. So it just didn't work out. So that's something to think about is think about your setting and if a game will even work for that kind of setting. Definitely, yeah. So with organization, I think it's you have to understand what kind of a night are you looking for? Mm-hmm. What kind of a overall feel or pace do you want to set? 
and then make sure everyone's on board for that. Mm -hmm. Because like we said, if one or two people are not on board for that, depending on how big your group is, it can really affect. And also um, something else we discussed is rules to games. Yes. You need to know how to play this game. <laughs> First of all, I think it's important in general, say there should be rules for game night. Mm -hmm. You know, um, if there is some kind of, uh, you know, no verbally harassing other people. Yeah, and I mean, I've even kind of gotten after you guys a couple times and said, you know, it's it's fine that we joke this way here, but we need to be really careful because sometimes when you joke a certain way when you're with your friends, you can easily forget when you're not with your friends and make that yeah. joke. And you just have to be careful because although you, you know, you might not be homophobic or racist or any of those things, it may just be a joke. Mm -hmm. It may not be appreciated outside of your social exactly, group. Right. And you don't want to come off that way at all. But, so, you know, it's kind of like one of those, hey, let's be careful here, yeah. you know. But definitely, yeah, yeah. If there are going to be certain rules or maybe like, okay, guys, this room over here is off limits mm -hmm. because I don't want us to go into that room. Even things like that, you know, that's fine. Don't touch my ice cream in the fridge. That's my ice cream. You know, <laughs> establish the rules for how the game is going to go, mm -hmm. the game night rather. And then, as I was alluding to before, know how your games themselves work. You know, mm -hmm. if it's a game that you have ahead of time, whether you are hosting the party and you have a little bit of time there, or whether you're bringing this game to the party, if it's your game, it's your rules. You need to understand how it works. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because nobody wants to sit there for like 15 minutes watching you read a pamphlet or mm -hmm. like a little book, trying to figure yeah. out like, wait, and then this piece goes where? You know, it's, come on. Mm -hmm. Wa so, watch okay. a, yeah. how to play video on YouTube. Exactly, that's what I was gonna say. Read the rule book, get all the pieces out and look at them so you can kind of figure it out. And then yeah, most games today, they have a walkthrough on YouTube. How to play, how to play this it. or like they see even videos of people actually playing it. So yeah. even if the how to play video is like, hey, you take the purple guy and you put him over here. Why? Yeah. And then you can watch people actually play and go like, oh, that's so that's. What yeah, it, it can actually be really helpful because it's you, especially if you're a visual learner rather than someone who like me. Yeah. yeah rather than someone who can just read the rule book. I mean, even because Greg kind of ends up being our like he's our in-house rule guy. Yeah. Just because he's, he's really good at reading the rules and then explaining re-explaining it to us because he was a teacher for a while so even then like sometimes i'm like greg stop telling me let's just start playing and tell me as we go because it just that's how i learn better yeah. i learn better by doing mm -hmm. you know so everybody has their different learn styles and definitely the youtube videos are very helpful in that and like i said you'd be really hard pressed to find a game now that doesn't have a youtube video yeah. even if it's an older game or even if it's just come out, there will already yeah. be like 10 of them out there. Yeah, I mean, that's... Because some of these people get them as pre-releases. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's one of the things too that kind of separates our podcast from the other because a lot of podcasts, they're just talking about new games and they're just talking about like the latest thing and reviewing them and we're not that kind of podcast. No, we don't care to do that. Yeah. Guys, I don't have that kind of time and money to spend. Yeah, I mean, you know, we'll review games once in a while, but usually it's because it's like an indie game that someone's contacted us and said, hey, will you please review it? It's not like And we... those can be fun, don't get me wrong. Yeah, we find out a lot about a lot of interesting unknown games that we would never yeah. have heard of that way. But, you know, we're not one that, oh, we have ends with all these companies to send us free games. I wish. I mean, yeah, that'd be awesome. But we, <laughs> even then, our, that's not what our podcast would be yeah. about. That's not what we intended to set not up. Not all, yeah. <laughs> but so definitely open the box, get all the little doodads and pieces, you mm -hmm. know, hold them, figure out where they need to go. Watch a video of someone explaining how to play it. If you need to, watch a video of someone actually playing it. Mm -hmm. And then I would also recommend this. Write yourself a little 3 by 5 card cheat sheet. If yeah. there's anything that you can't remember. There's a lot of games where, like, even though I'm the rule guru and I remember how to remember how to play most of it, mm -hmm. I always forget how many cards do you start with. Oh, yeah. Even, 
a game that we've played millions of times, Ticket to Ride, I always have to be like, how many cards? Oh, yeah, that's how many cards we start with. But so <laughs> what I've started doing lately is in my game boxes, I will have a three by five card addressed to me. Say, dear future Greg from past <laughs> Greg. You know? And it will say like just the quick hits of what I need to remember. It, 90% of the time it's here's how many cards you start with. Because I can kind of remember usually also where in the rule book it says that. Mm-hmm. But once again, you really shouldn't have to go to the rule book too often for yeah. like, how do I even start this game? Just, I have a little thing that says card starting five. You know, like this thing needs to go here. Here's how this one rule works in case you have a question. Go. Mm-hmm. And then I just have that little thing out there with me just in case. So definitely know your rules ahead of time. It will save a lot of trouble and headache. And then you don't have people going like, so are we going to start yet? Because the one problem <laughs> with today is that people have a phone addiction. And mm-hmm. I say this as Lauren picks up her phone and is scrolling through it. I know you're looking for notes, but it's still... People have a phone addiction, and the second you give them a chance to be bored, they will be on the phone. Mm-hmm. The second this isn't working for them anymore. Yeah. We had a previous member of our group who would always be on his phone. Yeah. And the second it came to his turn, it'd be like, hey, it's your turn. Yeah, come on, dude. And then he'd put down his phone and say, okay, what's going on now? Mm-hmm. And that was really annoying because then his turn would take five times longer yeah. than it should because... You weren't paying attention. You were on your phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we've also had people who will then start playing things on their phone. And then it's just distracting for everyone. Oh, yeah. And someone gets out like, oh, look at this cat video. Yeah. Look at this like Star Wars thing. Yeah. And you're like, that's great. But not not the time and place. And you'll notice those are usually the people that when it gets to their turn have no idea what's happening. And because also they were watching cat videos. are probably going to lose the game. Yeah. <laughs> don't think, don't think uh, any of those people that we've ever seen do that. Everyone. <laughs> yeah. Unless it was like some random like ticket to ride. We're like, I already had this rep done. So I gave yeah, up trying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think that also brings us to one of our favorite parts of game night. Aside from, I mean, you know, playing the games is good. But yeah. with our group of people, it is the food. Yeah. And that's also probably the area where maybe the most rules come to play. Uh, yeah. Oh, are you kidding me? I wrote down like notes in my lunch hours uh mm-hmm. this past week and like i lost most of them unfortunately because of your computer but um uh before i had like a page and a half of just food rules mm-hmm. so i'll share some of them with yeah. you guys but i mean the big thing is with the food is anytime you're having food for a party or for a group is trying to come up with stuff that's going to make everyone happy well, first of all, like we talked about before, make sure there's no allergies. Involved, yeah. You know? Yeah. And like right now we have that added kind of challenge of the fact that you have to have vegetarian on Fridays. So mm-hmm. right for the time being, we that's kind of an, okay, that's an extra level of challenge that, you know, we have to yeah. overcome. It's not hard. It's just, we have to be like, oh, some of our standbys we can't do. Yeah. So we have to think more creatively. And I mean, like I'm of course willing to provide my own vegetarian because it's my burden that I'm mm-hmm. putting on, you know, but in some places you may not feel that it's right to go like hey hey gary listen like i know that you are vegan but like we love cheese way too much it's <laughs> not not going on the food mm. you understand so like bring your own dish yeah like that's kind of not cool to do well yeah and i mean it's kind of like the one night we forgot our friend who can't have nuts was coming and we had nuts but that wasn't the only food we had yeah. so like i didn't really feel bad that we were eating the nuts because it was like there's other things for her to eat it's not exactly. like we're you know limiting her um and also she's one of those people that she's allergic to nuts but when she's not allergic to peanuts she's allergic to other kinds of nuts but also um she's she just can't eat them it's not like she can't be around them or something so it's not like we worry about oh god there's nuts in your presence you know it's not that kind of issue um and really for the vegetarian thing one of the easiest things i will say is pasta dishes 
Yeah. Like I was already thinking about some of like, okay, what did I do last year when you, you know, were vegetarian? <laughs> yeah. Because making fish dishes for a large group is not very easy, especially because mm-hmm. it's cold right now. It's not really like grilling season. Oh, yeah. So, you know. <laughs> Let's just heat a fish in the microwave. That'll work Yeah, out. that'll make my house smell wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think the other thing that's really important when it comes to the food is um, that's an area where I think it's important that people kind of share the weight and share the burden. Yeah. Like, whether think, you take turns or whether you all chip yeah, in. Yeah, whether yeah, whether you take turns or whether you chip in, like, you know, it's it's easy for us sometimes for one of us to just kind of take up the mantle. Mm-hmm. But then it has to be kind of even. Like we said, you know, in kind of our normal our smaller group, the smallest our group gets is usually four people. Yeah. Um, when it's just the four of us, it's very easy because either you and I will cook or they will cook. And we're not really worried about paying them back, and they're not really worried at paying us because back. I'll get because I'll get it next time. Yeah, because it evens out in the end. Either you know they provided the dessert and I cooked the main, or vice versa, That's or a we net brought sum. the drinks. Yeah, it, it evens out in the end. Um, but when it's a larger group, that can become more complicated. And when you have people who only show up once every four sessions or so, mm-hmm. then it's like, okay, yeah, like, but what are you contributing? Yeah, and sometimes, you know, you also have to think it might not always be too even because the cost of me to provide everyone with a meal is not exactly the co- the same as it costs someone to bring napkins. Yeah. You know, okay, well, you paid $2 for napkins. I, I paid $28 paid, for Yeah, this. for this entire meal. Yeah. And... As another adult aside, food costs are going up right now. So the grocery store has suddenly become a lot more expensive. (laughs) But the other thing that you need to decide uh, that's important and a very keystone moment for game nights is when are we going to eat? Mm -hmm. Are you going to have a game night in which you were eating before or after you play the games or, or one while you're playing the games yes. that's the crux mm-hmm. and for us i will just say as an aside we usually eat before yeah and that's fine but here's the thing if you eat before you have lots of options for what you can do for food you know uh-huh. like, like you said you like to do pasta sometimes or like you know we're gonna go do like grinder sandwiches that's mm-hmm. fine but if you're gonna eat while while playing the game if you're gonna like we're gonna be playing the games and then we'll get food in the middle of it and we'll just keep going then you're kind of limited for your options. Yeah, both food and game. Yeah, because they both take up space on the table. Mm -hmm. And when you're having a game night, table space is like prime real estate. Like you got to have, like unless you're going to have like individual side like TV dinner trays. Which some people do. Which some people do and that's fine. But even still, like do you want to keep turning your torso like 90 degrees to the right? So you can like have a bite of food and like hunch over it like Gollum from Lord of the Rings and then turn (laughs) back like Well also like I can just see like that being disastrous just with you. I know that like you would not get over. I spill everything. (laughs) You would not get over. I just know. When we go to the movies I cannot be trusted to hold the popcorn because what will happen? I will spill it. (laughs) I will find something invisible to trip over and i will spill it so you definitely want to make sure that you decide that because like i said imagine you have a brand new board game with all the cards and nice you know board and everything and all the pieces and someone's eating spaghetti Mm -hmm. with all the marinara sauce right as they twirl it around the fork as they slurp it up into the mouth they're going to be spraying everywhere you know Mm -hmm. and you're going to be like great i just got these this board and now there's like sauce all over like or imagine if you're doing like um like finger foods like uh chicken wings Mm -hmm. oh great i my friend got all this like greasy like red stains all over my cards my cards permanently smell like barbecue sauce now thanks that's sanitary (laughs) or i was thinking um our friend recently got something on one of the cards and rather than wipe it up she tried to scratch it off 
What? And now our cards have permanent scratch marks on one of them. Oh, that infuriated me. <laughs> I love her to death, but Lord. Yeah, we were like, what are you doing? <laughs> it was like she didn't even realize she was doing it. And I'm like, you realize you're scratching the card, right? <laughs> and now that card is visible even when it's face down. Yeah. Because I can see the scratch. <laughs> well, clearly that's that card now. <laughs> I think, you know, definitely deciding when. I think, you know... It also depends, like, if you are going to eat during the game, mm -hmm. what you play. Because, like you said, real estate is very precious. Yeah. And even if you have the biggest table in the world, if you have a game going and a plate's going, you might not be able to reach everything. Yeah, you're going to be, like, really extending and, like, bending over the table. Mm -hmm. And then you get your, like, you know, shirt all into your food or whatever. Yeah, you exactly. Know. Um, I do think, you know, depending on the food and depending, you know, what you're doing... It is possible. I think good games that you can play while you're eating are games that don't take up a lot of real estate. Yeah. A lot of times if we do want to play while we eat, usually we don't just because it doesn't, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't take you that long to eat. No. And also I prefer to enjoy my food yeah. more. And usually that's when, you know, because our, okay, our game nights are Fridays, right? Mm -hmm. Usually what we do is we all, we all show up, we eat, and that's our time to talk about the day, about what's going on, you know, oh, I had a really rough day because so-and-so did this, yeah. or hey, are we going to go see that movie later this week, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Then we can get onto the gaming, and we've gotten all that kind of pre-stuff out of the way. Yeah. Um, so then you can focus on the reason you're here. Yeah, because although we do have all the social medias, and although we can have text strings going with our friends all day, we can literally talk until the wee hours of the night if we wanted to. So oh, yeah. there's never a lack of things to talk about. Um but if we do want to play a game while we're while we're eating, we'll pull out like a Red Flags, which is a game where you're essentially making a date for your friends. It's a quick card game that yeah. you can easily put away as quickly as you can take it. You out. can usually do it. You can do it one handed if you want. It doesn't take mm -hmm. up a lot of real estate. It's easy to play while you're eating. Exactly. We might do a Cards Against Humanity or something like that. Something easy. But notice how we're that... not listing any games that are board based. Yeah, exactly. Nothing that takes up a lot of real estate or anything like that. The the most we might do would be Ticket to Ride, and even that that would be a squish. That would be a squish. Yeah. yeah. And you have a pretty good sized table. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, you definitely want to decide ahead of time, are we going to be eating and playing mm -hmm. or just, you know, uh, eating then playing? Yeah. And also that's taking into consideration that you might be doing an actual meal. Yeah. You might not want to do an actual meal at your game night. You might be more of a snack type. And that's and then And then that changes because you might be able to easily have a little bowl of chips or, while you're eating, or, like or a bowl. We had a, a friends over, and they were doing like a um a vegetable. Uh, yeah, a dip vegetable tray. dip. Yeah, you can easily do that and still play. Yeah. Another thing, though, I will say a good little kind of tip I would give is if you get like the Dixie cups, mm -hmm. those can also sub as really great snack bowls. See, and that was clever of you. I never mm -hmm. would have thought of that in a million yeah, years. Yeah, because it, it's, it doesn't fall over as easy. It doesn't take up as much room. Yeah, usually, it's, it's vertical. It takes up vertical space, which is yeah. not as much of a And space. usually when you buy those, you usually get a huge pack. So you got a lot of those. So it's less, you know, oh, I don't also have to use either my bowls or have to go buy additional paper bowls. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's much easier to do that way. I definitely do. That was a very clever idea. <laughs> Um, I will say also you have to think too um, about the snacks you are serving mm -hmm. and whether or not they're messy. Um, I know some people have rules about they don't do things like Cheetos or Doritos. Because like I said, it's going to get all over yeah, the cards and everything. We're a little bit more lax about that. But, but still. yeah, just, I mean, mainly we're not, we're not as precious about our games as some people are. Some people are very serious. Some people have little 
slip covers for all their cards. Honestly, I thought about getting them. Yeah, Greg wants them for some of our... And definitely, I can see, like, I can... When I get a new pack of... Because I have every Cards Against Humanity that's ever been released. Mm. When I get a new one, I'm like, these are so white compared to these. Yeah. Why are but, these so brown and dirty? Oh, because we touched yeah, them. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, one, we benefit from the fact that all everyone in our group is an adult. So yeah. for the most part, we keep our hands clean, even if we're eating Doritos and things like that. Mm. We wipe our hands on napkins. Yeah, we go through a ton like of napkins, that. but we do it. Yeah, but, um, you know, if you had kids, I could definitely see where that might become more of an issue. Oh, I'm going to laminate everything. Yeah, grimy little hands, right? But, you know, we're also just, we're not as precious about our games. You know, it's a game. It's meant to be played. It's meant to be touched. I'm not going to limit my friend's fun to protect, make my keep my game pristine. It's never going to be worth money. It's only as good as exactly. its entertainment it's value. It's meant to be played with. Yeah, it's only good as its entertainment value in this moment. I'm not going to worry too much about the future. Yeah, so game. as much as we've set out like rules and like stipulations of like, do this, don't do that. Just remember in the end, this is a game night. Games it's are meant, meant to, to have fun. fun. Chill out. Yeah, and, I, and, and also that's just, it's also a matter of opinion. Like I said, mo- some people I've heard... They, it's, you know, oh, you know, we don't allow all these different types of foods because it might mess up our cards. Or some of them, we don't allow eating while we're playing our cards. We eat before and nobody eats afterwards. We're a little bit more lax about that. You know, we don't maybe like to do our main meal while we're playing, but we definitely definitely do snacks and we're not super strict about the kinds of snacks. Even dessert. We We sometimes have dessert. Yeah, we even have dessert. You know, I mean, if our situation changes and we have kids in the mix, Maybe those rules will change, but for now... Oh, kids are going to be locked in their room. <laughs> you better believe. Well, just, you know, also, we're used to a bunch of people who don't have kids, so our language level will probably mm. have to change. <laughs> I, I will say this. Uh, when I went up to go visit my family in Idaho uh, a couple months ago, uh, my sister has some young daughters, you know, mm. around the ages of eight and six, and a, and a son of four. And um, we were playing this game that I brought up, Mysterium, that one where you're trying to do picture cards to get people to guess like almost like clue like yeah it's kind of like a harder version of clue or i wouldn't even say harder it's a it's a better version of clue in some ways and here's the thing about me i'm very precious with my games yes until something goes wrong in which case then i just okay who cares yeah (laughs) and i brought the game up with me and like i said i had to fly the way to idaho and Uh along the way a corner of the box like ripped Uh up the side like it was just because like the suitcase got dropped on or something and I was, at first I would have been like, oh, but my cards, like kids don't touch my cards. But because that box would have, I'm like, okay, who cares? Yeah. At this point, just have fun. <laughs> just don't lose one, I'm cool. Just don't put anything in your mouth, please. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it's funny, though, because you do, you don't realize kind of the extent of being adults who are single and don't have kids. Um, I one time had a bunch of coworkers over for like a party. Mm-hmm. And one of my coworkers brought her two little girls. And I suddenly realized looking around my house, my house is not kid friendly. No. Like nothing I, about I'm my house is kid-friendly. I'm counting at least five ways looking around right now that I can kill a child in this room. Yeah, or like rather that a child could kill themselves. Yeah, sharp edges everywhere. A heavy like, metal thing that can fall on them. Yeah, a heavy bookcase that I stub my toe on all the time. Nothing kid-friendly in the least. What I, the I only just, thing I ended up f- figuring out was I I had Netflix. Yeah. So that's what I did. I turned on Netflix. I went to the kids section and said, "Have at it." watch whatever you want in the yeah. kids section and thank the lord thank you so much netflix for having that kids yeah. section that's a really handy <laughs> because yeah tool. you don't have to worry about them like navigating to anything else i tell you this somebody that's like us at netflix designed that yeah someone who's like i don't have kids yeah what uh, do i do when i'm <laughs> yeah what do i do when the nephew's over and <laughs> so yeah it was just one of those like i never really thought about it until i had a kid here and then i'm like 
I literally have nothing fun for you to do. Like, I don't have, like... I don't have a toy that you yeah, can play with. No. I, have, I have a collection of antique books. Like, I have nothing that's fun for And a, a bunch of fragile glass things. Yeah, yeah, a bunch of fragile things. You don't <laughs> want to... computers. Yeah. <laughs> I just painting on the... Ah, yeah. You know, just painting on the thing. So, um, I guess also I want to talk food-wise about kind of some of our suggestions. suggestions. Of what we've done in the past that's yeah. worked really well. Um, well, why not? Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, one of the things like we often do is we often have to be flexible in the food we're serving because we don't always know the numbers. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, we want to keep like we said before, we want to try to be a little bit more healthier. So we do. Hey, we do the pizza sometimes. It was National Pizza Day recently. We ordered pizza. I wanted all pineapple. <laughs> they vetoed me. <laughs> because nobody likes that. I like pineapple and pizza. <laughs> yes, so does I'm, my mom. <laughs> she gets it, right? But they vetoed me. So instead, they put olives on it. Gross. <laughs> but, you know, so sometimes we do do that. But, you know, for the most part, we try to like to cook if we can. Um, but trying to cook for a group, it can be difficult. And mm. also trying to find things that are fast and easy or well, things like that. just trying to make anything for an entire group can be difficult because you don't like mustard. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, like we said before, another friend's allergic to this. She can't have that. I can't right now eat meat. Yeah. You know, on certain days. <laughs> What's funny, too, is our um, out of our kind of group of four as well, it's two couples. Yeah. I don't like sour cream, and our friend's boyfriend doesn't like sour cream. But, but you I and love her and love sour cream. I, I'm telling you, in another life... I know. You know. There's something else we recently discovered, too, that him and I don't like, that we both don't like and you two love. And we can't remember for the I can't remember what it was. I'm sure it'll come up. I have to find out if he likes sweet pickles, because I hate sweet pickles. Do, I you, sure, do you like yeah. sweet pickles? Yeah. I don't like sweet pickles. Why not? I, I like other kinds of pickles, just not sweet pickles. I don't get you. <laughs> I'm not a big sweet person. Um, you know what? Don't even bother showing up next month, guys. I don't know if this is going to... Yeah, this is not going to work. <laughs> Four years, that was our limit. <laughs> you know what? It all came down to the pickles. Yeah. Why'd you break up with Lauren, pickles? <laughs> um, we found a lot of, like, kind of casserole dishes. We did a really good chicken parmesan casserole yeah. last week. Crock pots can really save you mm -hmm. sometimes. We For some reason, our group, everybody likes soup for the most part. So we've done soup oh, yeah. a couple times. Soup's really good. Um, that can be easy because a lot of times uh, many soups you can do ahead of time and reheat. Mm -hmm. We're also big fans of build it yourself. Yes, that's the best one. Yeah, and we those have always been crazy. They've been a little crazy because our group will get really crazy and all the stuff we'll bring. Like we've had game or game nights or other parties um, for a while. We were always doing a New Year's party and we would do a build your own thing and we would end up with so many ingredients that it would be ridiculous, like the options you had. Yeah. But it was fun. <laughs> but um, build your own taco bars. We've done that. Mm -hmm. Build your own sandwiches. Build your own sandwiches. We do that one a lot. Although we did find a recent hack for that. We didn't feel like buying all the ingredients recently. Mm -hmm. So we actually went to Jersey Mike's, which I mean, oh, you, yeah, could, that's right. you could go to Subway. You could, we don't, we don't, we personally have ethical reasons that we don't go to Jimmy John's, but you could go to any sandwich place you want to. And we got, we figured out they have a giant size, which is yeah. giant. We do know one person who can eat it, but he shouldn't it's do it. It's the size of like my entire forearm pretty much. At least, much. if not bigger. Yeah, yeah. it's big. They, they cut it four ways. Like yeah. they do. You don't, we didn't even have to ask them. They just cut it four mm -hmm. ways. So we got one of those, and then we got their their regular size, which is also quite large. Usually, I can only eat the small size, um, and they cut that in half. 
and we asked we got just one kind or no we got two kinds mm-hmm. of sandwiches and we said no condiments and they gave us the oil and vinegar on the side and then when we got home lay that stuff out lay out a jar of mayonnaise and mustard yeah what how about it yeah and all we had to do was have the condiments and guess what i already had that in my refrigerator because usually you do you know so it it made it a lot easier and we didn't have to buy all the ingredients i mean i was a little sad i couldn't vulture off the sourdough bread afterwards (laughs) yeah i mean yeah we it's fun to do your make it your own but sometimes you know like oh well i have to buy the cheese and i have to buy you know it's a lot of things and then sometimes you'll be like now I have a ton of leftover bread and nothing to put in the bread. Or I have a bunch of lunch meat and nothing to eat with the well, lunch meat. Well, it's like the whole hot dogs, hot dog buns. You just go out and buy more of the other ones <laughs> until you get yeah. to zero. <laughs> until you drive yourself insane. Huh. <laughs> or until the, the bread goes moldy. <laughs> yeah, but then at that point, you just got to question your life. And I couldn't even handle hot dog buns. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, another one we did, well, we've done nachos a couple times. Nacho bars. Yeah. Those are fun. Those are good. Probably one of my favorite. And one of our craziest ones was for New Year's one year, we did a French fry bar. I have zero memory of this. You don't Go remember ahead. the French no, fry bar? I sure don't. Go ahead. Okay. We baked the French fries and we fried some of them. I don't believe You don't remember Chris no. frying French fries? I sure don't. Oh my God. We were wearing onesies, Greg. I remember that. Yeah. It was our onesie. I party. remember the French fry. Yeah. We also were all wearing onesie. Totally different story. <laughs> But <laughs> Oh, you know why I don't remember it? Because I just got my tuxedo onesie and I was feeling too much like James Bond. Yeah. Um, That's why. So we, we baked them and we fried them. We had chili, carnitas. Uh, oh, now I remember of, this. All okay. sorts of cheeses. Now I remember this. We had... The second think, you said chili, I was like, yeah, I'm on board. Yeah, we had mushrooms. We had um, truffle butter. Basically, anything you can imagine, yep. we had. It was insane. I got the worst stomach ache because all the things. <laughs> oh, we also did pizza fries. Uh, we literally, we had everything, guys. Yep. Um, but it was a lot of fun. You had me at pizza fries. <laughs> yeah, the pizza fries were good. I would definitely highly recommend pizza mm-hmm. fries. Um, so that's probably one of my favorite Build-A-Bars we've done. But those are definitely fun um, and also easy because everyone can pick what they want. Oh, we've also done salad bars, too. Yeah. Which is, you know, typical. Why not? Um, I'm trying to think what else we've done that was really... Oh, well, we did do the rainbow party. Rainbow party was fun, but pain in the butt to make all that cheese. All, yeah. <laughs> we yeah, essentially got like the grilled cheese was six hard. bowls of cheese. Yeah. And like had to food color dye it. Mm-hmm. And then like put it onto the sandwiches in the right order to make it like a rainbow. Because uh-huh. I'm a stickler for detail. It has to be Roy G. Biv. And it's not Roy G. Biv, you can leave. Yeah. Thankfully, we had done it before, and we knew that one color doesn't work so well. Purple. So, yeah. Tip of the day. Purple does not look well on crunchy sandwiches. It looks black, and it will make you poop. All sorts of weird colors. <laughs> yeah. We also learned that the hard way with green food-colored um, cupcakes. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I did that the hard way with uh, Christmas cookies once. I was making um, Christmas tree-shaped Christmas cookies uh-huh. with, with coconut flakes on it to be like the pine needles. It works out really well. But I was trying to get the white flakes to like be, uh, green. be green. And like, oh, man, it's like Shrek. Like, <laughs> Um, another fun thing we did one time, which I highly recommend people do, is um, we got the 
mystery berry tablets. Oh, yeah. And tried different foods because they, they essentially change your taste buds for like a limited amount of time where things that are really sour taste sweet. Mm -hmm. um, or vinegary. Or yeah. vinegary taste sweet. And so we got a bunch of different things to try and we all tried the, the magic berry tablets and tried and different And like foods. bite into an, an onion like it's an apple. Yeah, or apple. trying uh, malt vinegar or the best thing is um, citrus Lemons. fruits. Yeah, Lemons are really citrus good. fruits. And hot sauce too. People do hot sauce. I don't remember the hot sauce, yeah, but I remember the lemon sweeter. Sure, yeah. yeah, so that's that's fun. You know, we try to like mix it up. Um, one of the things we really like is um, one of the chip companies. Every year they do like a um, oh lays. They do the lays. the weird flavors. They do weird flavors, and so it's always a big thing that we have to get all of them and try them. We're constantly we we've tried all the weird Oreo flavors. We just had cinnamon. That was yes, good. which Greg and I liked. <laughs> uh -huh. Not so much on the apple pie ones. Two of our friends really like to make macaroons, and they're always making yeah. new macaroon recipes. And hey, guys, with the food, don't don't be afraid to like potluck it. Yeah, exactly. Potlucks are great, and you know you don't have to get super fancy. It could be really simple. But one person actually, I really liked this answer to what um, they like to do for um, game nights. It was on Board Game Geek at um, I Am Your Scribe. He said cheese. I never inevitably served cheese, except that one time. Nobody had fun that night. <laughs> I solved the problem with cheese. <laughs> that's, that's, um, that's pretty. That's pretty true to life. <laughs> yeah. Solve yeah. the problem with cheese. So once again, it's up to it's up to your group. If if potlucks work better for you, if it's more um, easier for one person to cook, and then the next time someone else cooks. Um, you can be as elaborate you want, as simple as you want. We tend to get elaborate, but we're kind of foodies here. Um, and also, I will say, um, if you follow us on Instagram, I usually will, throughout the evening on our game nights, post Instagram stories. Oh, yeah. Um, with our foods. And actually, I'm thinking um, about doing, like, the next day, doing a post that has kind of, like, everything we did that night. So if you're not, like, on Instagram that night, you can still see what we did. So definitely check that out. Um, yeah, so you might get some tips and ideas from there. Speaking of uh, other tips and ideas, I would like to go through a list of party games for our dice roll segment. Okay, let's, let's go let's there. Let's roll the dice for some party games. Woo! So for these uh, games, we talked about how to set up a nice party, but now let's talk about the games you might actually want to play. Yeah, and obviously, if you're doing a game night, any game is on the table, but there's certain games that... I think are really designated as a party game. They yeah. usually are games that a large group can play mm -hmm. and that are flexible. So they can incorporate a large number of people or a smaller number of people. Because sometimes people have to cancel last minute. Sometimes or... people have to leave early. Sometimes people come yeah. in late. Yeah, it's definitely ones where like you can just drop in, drop out. As uh -huh, much as you want. Yeah. So how about you, Lauren? What would be one of your party games you might recommend to somebody? Well, I would have to say probably, and this is probably the lowest hanging fruit here. One of my favorite party games is Cards Against Humanity. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, a lot of people, like, I've seen kind of this hate towards Cards Against Humanity recently. Because they don't like naughty language. They don't like naughty language, or they feel that it's very one note. It's like, okay, yes, you're being vulgar. We get it. But it's funny. I think, yeah, I think one of the problems with that is if you have a small deck, 
you see a lot of the cards over and over mm -hmm. again and they become less funny. We don't have that problem because I literally have a huge deck. Yeah. So we rarely see the same cards and over and over again. It's just like watching your favorite show. Like if it's a long running show like The Office, uh -huh. like I can go back and watch like season two again and be like, oh my gosh, it's this episode where Dwight cuts the mask off, the face off the dummy uh -huh. and like wears it like Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. Like, yeah, if you see that all the time, then like it's not going to be funny. And, and but if it's been a while since you've yeah. seen that episode, you will laugh out loud again. Yeah. And also, because I have such a large deck, sometimes we don't see cards very often. And there's literally been times where I'm like, I have no memory of this card. Like, have yeah. we played this before? Like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's got my blood stain on there. Yeah. <laughs> from when I cut my finger, remember? Um, so I think that also helps. But also, you know, it, it's it's a very simple game. It has very simple mechanics. It usually makes everybody laugh. Easy to learn. It's easy to learn. So it's like, it's kind of one of those like, yeah, maybe it's overplayed and stuff but it's a classic mm -hmm. you know it's or it's become a classic i should say oh i definitely so agree. it's kind of one of those like you can hate on it but it's a good game and that's why people return to it all the time mm -hmm. you know me personally i like a little bit of knowledge mm -hmm. i like proving that i'm smarter than everybody else of with things i know so one that i like and it actually incorporates the phone which everybody has is fibbage yes Fibbage is one that you can get online. Mm -hmm. You can have it on your computer, or if you have like a PlayStation or Xbox, you or can get it through Steam. there. Or Steam, yeah. And how it works is everyone gets on their phone, and the TV screen or the computer monitor will tell them, go to this website, plug in this four-digit code to get into the room, and then you're essentially going through a trivia game show. And I think it's about six rounds in which... They will have a fact and you have to fill in the blank with a lie, something that you're making up. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, they show everyone's lie and the truth and you have to turn to find the truth. But some of the things in there are really, really funny. Some of the answers yeah. people come up with. Like uh, one of them was like um, something along the lines of like in Seattle, one time people got fined because they blew up what? And people were putting like a bridge because they think it's a bridge or like, you know, uh, a beaver dam. And I remember one person put like uh, they blew up a huge inflatable uh, clown. Yeah. Just like left <laughs> on the beach, you know. And it's like, no, the answer is actually a whale. You know, <laughs> they blew up a whale and got fined. Yeah. But it's like They're always an like, inflatable clown. Why are you going to think of that? <laughs> They're always I mean, the, the trivia is very random thing. That most like that you would know. not have heard of. Yeah. Um, but, and I mean, it's fun because everyone gets to play on their phones. But also, like, I, it has never not been a crowd pleaser. No. Like, everyone mm -hmm. we've ever shown this game to loves it. It's mm -hmm. pretty easy. Like, you pick it up right away. The, the most challenge people have with it is sometimes your phone will freak out for no reason. and If you have a weird connection to that place. Yeah, yeah exactly. The other thing that is actually really good about Fibbage is... Um, you don't all have to be in the same room. We've literally had one of our friends from a different city join in. Of course, the way they did it is one of our other friends told him about it, gave him the room code, and he joined without the rest of us knowing. And so we were like, who is this? Who is yeah, this? Yeah, we were all freaking out because we're like, who who just joined our game? Oh my God, who is this guy? I was very much thinking like, the call's coming from inside the house. The <laughs> yeah. call's coming from inside the house. <laughs> but it turned out it was just our friends playing a joke on us. Yeah. The other thing with that game is um, recently we had a group and one of the members couldn't come. Mm -hmm. But by the time we got to play it, he was not doing what he was doing anymore. But, you know, it was too late to make the drive or yeah. whatever. So he was able to join in from where he was. What's great is that this just proves how well this game works. He had never heard of this game before. We didn't really give any explanation. I just said, hey, go tell, here. tell your boyfriend, go to the site, plug in this thing, and then just roll with it. And he did, and it was amazing. Yeah. And he got it. You're like, yeah, yeah cuz yeah, it doesn't it doesn't take a lot of thought or a lot of you explanation. Know, explanation. And also, like you, you literally don't have to be there to do it. You can do it from wherever. As you don't long have to be. In, you, the code. you don't have to be in the room, and we can still have a fun time with you. Yeah. 
Exactly. So it's it's almost a perfect party game in that sense. <laughs> I think, you know, D&D is always fun, but it's not one that you can just have at a, any party. Yeah. Like, it has to be a normal group setting. Uh, I would say something like um, social deduction can usually be fun. Mm-hmm. So something like resistance or coup. Oh, those are great. Would be yeah. fun. Resistance essentially is you basically have it, it's you have a traitor essentially, mm-hmm. and you're going on these missions, and one person's a traitor, and you have to kind of figure out who that person is and not send them on the missions. Yeah. So that they don't um, mess it up, so that we eventually win. It's very much a you're the spy, no, you're the spy, no, you're the spy kind of thing. And everyone's accusing back and forth. Uh-huh. And there's only two spies in the group of like five or six. So you know that there's a good chance that someone is a spy that's going to uh-huh. go on this mission and mess it up. So it's like, no, I'm not going to prove that because I know Lawrence is a spy. Knowing full well that I'm the spy and that you're not. And I'm mm-hmm. just like trying to like throw you under the bus, you know. Yeah. So it's very much, it can get to like little heated arguments almost at times. Yeah. But in the end, you got to make the decision to have someone go on the mission. So it's very nerve-wracking, very intense, Mm -hmm. but very, very fun. Yeah. Another one um, that is usually a crowd pleaser, and it's usually when we only pull out in more game situations where we have a lot of people, not just our normal core Mm. group, is um, cash and guns. That one is really good, but you need a good size group for it. Yeah, 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 you need a good size group. And basically what that is is you're all um, gangsters Mm -hmm. who have robbed something and you're splitting up the loot. And you have these stupid foam guns that you essentially are pointing at each other and having a standoff. Like, yeah, someone says one, two, three, draw. And then you all have to point your gun at one person. And then it's like, you back down. No, you back down. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> and then you you reveal, if if they don't back down, you reveal whether or not you shot them or not. Because sometimes you just have blanks. Yeah. It's, and you're just, you're just lying. It's one of those, like, uh, kind of like social bluffing games. Yeah. Like, do you really think I'm going to waste a bullet on you? Because I will. Yeah. Like, you know. And alliances form and payback <laughs> oh, happens. Payback is the best in that game. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's just a really fun game. Another one that it's kind of a weird choice and it wouldn't, it might not work for everybody. Yeah. But it's one that you always, I mean, you don't always want to play it, but if we gave you the option, you would want it. What is it? It's something to do with a bomb. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yes, 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 yes. My uh, second pick then, it's going to override my other, forget my list now, <laughs> is going to be Keep Talking or Everyone Explodes. <laughs> it is a game in which one person is staring at a computer screen with a suitcase-like bomb in front of them with all these little sections on it. And then everyone else has to be in the other room not looking at the screen. And you have to describe to them, here's what it looks like. So essentially, imagine that scene from Speed where um, Keanu Reeves is talking to um, like the bomb technician, uh, mm-hmm. Jeff Daniels. And he's like, okay, it, it's got all these wires coming off of it. And one of it's red, one's blue. Cut the blue wire. But And it changes every time. So it's not going to be the same. Every time it's a little bit different. And so you have to describe them. Okay, it looks like this. And then um, the other players have like a book. You have like literally like... 30 plus pages. Yeah, and of usually like what you do is you spread it all out over a table. And so then you'll go, they'll explain it, and you'll be like, okay, that's this page. And so then you have to read through the page and figure, you know, but you have to do it very quickly. Mm-hmm. And everybody has to kind of work together. And sometimes you're like, I don't understand what this page is telling me. So you give it to your friend to try to understand. And some of them are like really obtuse. Like some of them are straightforward, like if it's this many wires, cut this one, blah, blah, blah. But other ones are like, you have like this weird graph in front of you, like overlapping, like this and this and this and this and yeah, this. And it's or, almost like you have to be like a math degree. 
just to... Yeah, or like one of the ones we had the hardest time on was Morse code. Oh, Morse code because is the worst. although I can relate to you what's happening, it's happening so fast that by the time I've written that down or said that, the other one's happening and I can't, you know, like, and I'm like, I don't know where it starts. Apparently only Morse like, code is really hard. Yeah, only like one of our friends was really good at that. You two were able to communicate. The rest oh, of us were just like... Yeah, you know. I could get it, but like other than that, it's... Uh, yeah, it's exactly. Tough. So if you get the Morse code one, you're not good with it, just, you know, redo Bob. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, one thing I thought about doing for that, that maybe I'll do for the next one that we do as a surprise. Well, not surprise for you anymore. <laughs> but I'm going to get up my manual. And as much as I like to keep things pristine, it'd be fantastic if like, oh, I accidentally spilled coffee on this page. Uh, yeah, so you can't read it. So like, it's a little <laughs> bit harder to read, you know, yeah. like, did you like, did, were you having lunch when you had this? What happened? <laughs> you yeah. know, like, oh, sorry, a little cigarette burn there. In a way, it's a good precursor if you're ever going to do an escape room to see how well your group works together. It is because you got to solve the clues. You know, yeah, you have to you work as a team. Work it all together. You can't freak out. Make logical sense. So let's go to our escape room report. So we have a very special escape room report this time. So special. So special. So special. Now, we have actually done an escape room report on this location before, mm -hmm. but we're going to talk about a different room. But before we talk about the different room that we did, we actually redid a room there. You can't normally redo a room. Yeah, not Normally, usually. if you redo a room, you go into the same puzzle and be like, I remember where this is. It's over here. Yeah. If you go under the thing, you twist it around, then you can pull it out. You know, yeah, I mean, thing. we are lucky as we live in Southern California. There is a wealth of rooms here. An embarrassment of riches. Yeah. So we don't we don't have to redo rooms. And also for us, like, like you said, Greg, you know, you already know what happened. So unless the room has changed significantly, why bother? It's not going to be fun. The only time we we have redone rooms, and we have redone rooms, I'm not going to say we haven't, um, is if we failed the room. Yeah, we will go back and redo it and crush it. It's not often that we do that, but we do fail. Yes, we we've done over 30 escape rooms, and we have lost a total of four times. Yeah. Well, you've lost one extra time, but that, no, that room doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. A a uh, if it's at a different time zone, uh, doesn't count. Oh yeah. You know, B different state doesn't count. Yeah. C different zip code doesn't count. Yeah, different group. C, different group doesn't count. Yeah. And then uh, Q, whatever letter I'm on now, um, that room just like was the worst. Yeah. And and the thing is too, um, one of the things is I recently saw this thing where people were debating, how do you feel about when you lose rooms? And people were like, oh, I'm mad. I don't like to lose by any means. No. Like but... it sucks, but. Of the four escape rooms that we have lost and then gone and replayed, those were all excellent escape they were, rooms. And they were fair. It's just we didn't get on board on Yeah. Time. And actually, I will say all of them, well, except for the one, we were very close to escape. Oh, one of them, we were tragically close. We had like 10 more seconds. We would have been there. Yeah. We were literally unlocking the last thing and we just didn't have time to unlock it, basically. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was that one was terrible. But it was a great room. That's the mm. thing. And part of that one was the challenge was it was just the two of us. And some of the things were too hard for two people to do. Like we needed another hand kind of thing. Oh, yeah. When I'm like trying to turn a doorknob with my knee. Yeah, exactly. So the, when we went back, we took more people. One, because we wanted them to see the room, but also it was easier then because we needed those extra hands. Yeah. Um, we also have redone rooms um, twice because we liked the room so much and we wanted our friends. We just, we have to share this with you. It's yeah. so amazing. You have to see it. I'll just kind of be an aid helping you through the thing maybe. Or like you just decide, okay, I will purposely not focus on this section of the room and do those puzzles because I know those. I'm going to go explore over here a little bit. Yeah. So we returned to Escape Games Riverside. 
which is in our hometown. Mm -hmm. And we previously did their pirate room. And we, we did one of our previous escape room reports on that room. So when we went, it was actually my mom's first time doing yeah. an escape room. And we just went the three of us. It was very last minute. We went on like a Friday afternoon because we both had the day off for mm -hmm. some reason. Um, so it was very unplanned. And we liked the location so much that we really wanted to take our two friends who do a lot of rooms with us back. Oh, yeah. So we were talking and we're like, okay, well, we could go back and like just, you know, try not to help them as much or whatever. But then I came up with a way that we could handicap ourselves. And I think this is genius. The yes. idea of handicapping yourself for an escape room. This has to be a first. Yeah. I'm not sure if we're the first people who ever do it, but I want to say we are. Yeah. So one of the things I saw recently is that there's these new kind of this new phenomenon of two person Christmas sweaters. Yes. Where it is a single Christmas sweater that has two two head holes and then just the normal two arm holes. Yeah. So basically, one person has one arm in it and the other person has an arm in it. And we are acting as one body, essentially. Yeah. It's like a two-handed giant. Yeah. Well, yeah. We're a two-headed person. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> we decided, although this was after Christmas, unfortunately, I didn't come up with the idea until like Chris on Christmas. It's okay because we got that sweater for super cheap. Yeah. Um, so we decided that not only would we get one, but our friends would also get one. Mm -hmm. So that way, even though we knew a lot of the puzzles, we would be significantly challenged physically and how we'd have to work together. It is so hard to turn yes. when you have to turn like a tank because oh. either you move forward <laughs> yeah. or I move forward. But if we're not going to both be moving forward, we're not going to go anywhere. Yeah. And also just like sometimes I would see something and I'd be like, oh, I need to reach for this. And then I'd be like, I can't like and so i'd have to be like greg help i need to reach like and thankfully i'm a bit more left-handed and you're right-handed so it worked out for us but if you're not like that someone's going to suffer if you're yes. only the left our two friends are both right-handed and so one of them had to sacrifice and be the left hand whereas yeah. you and i are right-handed and oh, left-handed and can we talk about bending down to pick something up off the ground yes or having to kneel three two one down 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 yeah. down up 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 <laughs> Um, the other thing that you and I experienced, which our friends didn't so much experience, is we have a bit of a height difference. Yeah. So that was also more difficult. I had to make sure I wore a shirt underneath because our shirt would gap so much that you would be able to see right in. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be very fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm a good like four inches taller than you, something like that. Mm -hmm. Right. So like, yeah, I'm like my shoulders like way up here and you're like, ah, down yeah. <laughs> and then we also discovered that hallways are meant for one person to go down, <laughs> yeah. not two. Especially doorways. <laughs> yeah. Doorways are super fun when you're double wide. Yeah. So I would say like we still successfully escaped, but it definitely, even though we knew the room really well, it definitely added to that challenge. The host said he was just dying laughing. Yeah, he, I think he liked it as much. And I'm glad he was, you know, um, Jonathan is the owner there and he's actually a really good sport about it because I kind of like, I contacted him ahead of time and told him we were coming. And, and, and P.S. We're going to do something weird. Yeah, he tried. Originally, he tried to kind of talk me out of it because he was like, well, you guys have already done that room. I haven't changed it because he actually moved locations in this But time. it's still the same. Puzzles. But he's like, it's the same room. Are you sure? And I said, oh, well, we actually have a plan to handicap ourselves. We're going to bring the two-headed Christmas sweater. And I was waiting for him to be like, no, don't do that. But he just rolled 
with it. He's and, like, don't hurt yourself, whatever. Yeah, and yeah, and I told him, I said, we, you know, I told him, I said, we'll easily be able to remove it. So if it becomes, it's, it's a dangerous situation, we'll take it off. Yeah. Like, we're not going to kill ourselves. But we think this would be funny. Mm. And it definitely was funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I think our friends had a fun time, too, doing it. Oh, yeah. Uh, it definitely made for a good photo at the end. <laughs> Which we'll share online. Yeah, it's yeah. already on our Instagram, but I'll share it again when this episode comes out. So we did the pirate room. We crushed it. It was a lot of fun. It definitely added, you definitely have to work together when you're tied together like oh, that. Oh, communication is very key. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then we did his second room called the Toy Maker. And the pirate room is excellent. Mm-hmm. But if you can only do one room here, do the Toy do Maker. The toy maker. <laughs> I tell you this the Toy Maker is such a unique theme. It is amazing. I don't want to spoil any puzzles if I can avoid it, but let's mm-hmm. just say when I first walked in, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm in daycare center again. Yeah, yeah. I mean... And like, but in a good way. Mm-hmm. I w- there's like a little floor mat with like, you know, the little town that you can put your trucks on. There's toy. There's like antique toys everywhere. And the guy even said like, listen, if you want to play with the toys and waste your time, you can. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so the whole story behind this room is that essentially there's this famous toy maker and you are going on a tour of his workshop. So very oh. Willy Wonka yeah. kind of thing. Um, but he's had a lot of failures in his toy making. And he's kind of gotten a little crazy over the years because of this. So it's kind of like this, you don't know what you're going to find on this thing. But the room is filled with nostalgic toys oh, all yeah. over the place. So if you want to see a bunch of 30-year-olds turn into little kids, this Go is the room for room. you. <laughs> there was a moment where there was a puzzle that was like, one of the theme songs or like the commercial jingle for a toy uh-huh. and i'm like oh, i know that one <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I had to like but i couldn't remember the thing like off the bat i had to like sit into myself in my head like da, 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 da. you know like <laughs> yeah um <laughs> and what's great too is this room it's kind of an all ages kind of thing yeah. so families could easily do this room with their kids mm-hmm. and stuff the other thing that I really appreciate in this room, and I appreciate it in any room that does this, is this room had a lot of physical interaction. Yes, it did. At one part, not to give any spoilers, but you have to build something. You have to build something, and we had a lot of debate as to how to do it. How to do this? It's taking way too long. There's got to be a better way to do this. Yeah. Why do we do this? And it literally, all four of us were working on this. We yeah. were all chipping in and doing something. And also, the great thing about this room is it's not linear. Mm-hmm. So there was also a lot of times where you and our friend Chris were working together, and me and my, me and our friend Christiana were working together. There were times where there was a couple um, mazes in this room. Yeah. I am really good at mazes. You, you're amazing. So I just would go you're over and start amazing doing that. Amazing at them. <laughs> so I would just go over and start doing those and you guys would do yeah. other stuff there was riddles there's remember riddles, the riddle yeah. with the dolls mm-hmm. you know well, the really good thing about this room is that and i don't think it's too much of a spoiler saying that it breaks into multiple rooms yeah it's multiple but rooms. it's you do one room and then you get access to the next room and you get access to the next room but in, in each room that you get there's like you said it's a web you can go off and do a bunch of, there's like four or five things to do yeah before you can get onto the next room but the great thing is that as you go along Every now and then you have a puzzle that requires you to go back to the previous mm-hmm. rooms. Oh, I need to go get this clue off the wall. or I need to go grab this toy that was all the way back there. So uh-huh. it's not just once you leave this room, you're done with it. No, keep it in mind. You need to come back, mm-hmm. which I loved a lot. There's the level of like sophistication of how he interweaves 
all of it together uh-huh. was mind blowing. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, it's also very simply done. I mean, most of the stuff in this room is stuff you could either buy at Toys R Us or probably, I bet he got a lot of that stuff at yard sales. Yeah. You know, like older toys and stuff like that. There's an antique store nearby in mm-hmm. downtown Riverside. He could have just gone down there and got most yeah, of the Yeah, yeah. We actually have a lot of because we have quite a little downtown area. So I'm sure there's a lot of stuff he was able to get or from yard sales. And the, the thing is, there was not a lot of technology per se in the room. Um, there were a couple a couple little like um, remote locks and stuff that, you know. But still. But still not a lot of things. Most of the technology is the technology the toys have with them. At one yeah. point, you have to pilot an RC like Tonka truck. Yeah, which is probably the most ingenious part I've ever. Like that but was like, crazy. That's like it, the technology is already built into the toy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're just using the toy the way it's meant to be used. Ex- but in but a the really way, cool way. Yeah, the way he integrates that, that was probably like the coolest thing ever. Um, but the, my only like thing I would say against this room is I do wish there were a number of combination locks. Not a ton, mm. but like I wish because there were some times where you would stack something the right way and a door would remotely open. Yeah. Um, like, I wish there maybe was a little more of that and a little less combination yeah. lock. Like, and I was even thinking, like, you could have done something else. Like, how about instead of, like, an actual combination lock, you have a thing where, like, you had to put colored blocks. Uh-huh. Because the thing about John, uh, the owner and uh-huh. uh, maker, designer of these rooms, is that he's really good about watching you and keeping an eye on you. When we were doing the pirate on, we said he was on it yeah. with, like, getting those clues out. So I know he's watching. So, I mean, I don't know what his whole setup is, but I, I think it would be good if he replaces one of the combination locks with you have to put colored blocks in a certain order. And once he sees that you've done that, he triggers it. Then yeah. Then he can just trigger the door to open. Yeah. Cause that, that kind of like, that's the problem with some of those technology things is some of them, like, it's really easy to do, but some it's like, well, there's no way for me to do this where if you just set it up, I will trigger it. Um, and also, sometimes those things fail Mm -hmm. as well so you know once again there weren't a ton of combination locks which is always good because they don't always you know they're not always appropriate and also it's like find another combination find another combination like it's just it's too easy Mm -hmm. like if if an escape room has too many combination locks i feel like they've relied too heavily on that it's a crutch it's a crutch yeah you're just like oh i have to find another four number combination you know whereas like this room for the most part had you know oh well i have to do this thing but it's not finding a number or finding a word i actually have to like you know unscrew this or build something or things like that it's much more kinesthetic it's much more hands-on yeah exactly which i always really like because it's very immersive that way um the only other downside i would say to the room is i feel like he needs to change up that final puzzle Yes. Yeah, because I know the, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, and once again, not to give any spoilers, but the final puzzle, um, it was it was it wasn't super intuitive of what we had to do. Mm-hmm. And then once we got a clue and figured out what we had to do, we solved it in like two seconds. It was too easy. Yeah. So that's the thing. Like I wish it was a little more intuitive, but a little more difficult to solve. Yeah, because there's there's this kind of red herring mm-hmm. dealing with toy animals. Uh-huh. That I thought Surely there's all these clues saying like, it's going to be like, oh, you have this many giraffes, you have this many lions, you have that many penguins, whatever, you know, that, that has to be it. But that's not anything. Yeah. But like everything was telling me that is something. Yeah. Essentially it's you, there's something hidden that you have to find and it's not easily found. Once you find it, it takes two seconds. It's super obvious. And I just wish it was easier to find and then less obvious. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. I, I, and I think there's ways he can fix that easily. But that, that was my only, like, 
I was like, this room's so great. The final puzzle, not the best puzzle in the world. You know, yep. still a great room. We still had a great time. I gave this room a 99%. It only yeah. uses that 1% for that right there. Yeah, exactly. But that's like negligible. Yeah, and like I said, the pirate room is great, but if you can only do one, do the, do the toy maker. It's not only is it just a solid room in general, um, I don't know if this is a it's a unique theme or not. We've never done another room like that, and I'm not aware of any other rooms I've never like heard, it. I've heard of lots of pirates, but yeah, no I've heard of one like a dollhouse room, but that's not what this is. No, no, I've seen that one online. Yeah, but that's like an antique store, like full of dolls. Yeah, like yeah, like you know, like scary. Yeah, or like you know, China dolls, like not ones you play with. This is toys, and it's like I said, if you want to see a bunch of adults turn into little kids at one time i was throwing like funhouse balls at greg <laughs> just to mess yeah. with them and like yeah so and i was you... like not now i'm playing with my legos yeah exactly so and you know just some of the stuff we had to do was just so crazy and also you know there's a lot of really great teamwork moments in there oh yeah and the physical interaction like i said anytime i get to physically do something in a room whether it's jump through something or, you know, there was one room where we had like this really long extender thing and we had to unhook stuff off a wall yeah. and we had to really physically interact with the room. I love that kind of stuff because that's where it's like I'm living a video game. Mm -hmm. oh, I'm yeah. not just solving a puzzle. I am living this. I have been a big fan of Survivor since it started in 2000 uh -huh. and I was like, so many different times. I'm like, this feels like a survivor, yeah. like, you know, a challenge. Mm -hmm. We're like, if I don't get this, I'm going to get voted off. Yeah. Like, or know. even like an amazing race challenge yeah. or something like that. Yeah. It's, it's very immersive then. Um, and that's, I think when escape rooms are at their best. Definitely. So I would definitely highly suggest you go to escape games, Riverside. Um, we have three, we're about to get a fourth escape room here in Riverside. We have two excellent escape rooms. Uh, Escape Games Riverside and the Curiosity Shop, which we haven't talked about because we did that room very long ago, so yeah. it's not recent. Um, there's another one that's not good at all, which we've talked about. You guys know if you've listened which one I'm talking about. We won't get into that. But of those, you can't go wrong doing either of these locations. No. So if you're in the Inland Empire, you're out in Riverside area, these are the rooms to Check go. Check them out. Yes, for sure. Okay, Greg, I want to know what games you're thinking about this month. <laughs> Uh, what games I'm thinking about this month? Yeah, okay. what's, what's your what's, favorite game? You mean what's my Friday favorite? So for this coming Friday, um, you actually got me a little something. Uh -huh. As a little kind of, I think, congratulations on the new job position I got. You got me Smash Up Munchkin Edition. Yeah, which we love Smash Up. We love Munchkin. Munchkin, why not? We played a little bit of it. Yeah, just the two we, of we us. We played two games, but, Greg, and, and who won both of those games? I'm going to go with the option of not me. <laughs> which is actually kind of a miracle because I don't usually win Smash Up. No, but you just... I had this run. Smash Up is a game where there's two types of cards. There's minion cards that are your little dudes that help you actually like gain get, points, get points on the board, and action cards that do special different uh, abilities or unlock different power ups. Mm -hmm. You know things like yeah, that. Yeah, and the whole point behind Smash Up is you have they have all these different fractions, and you pick two and you blend them together. So I have my gnome thieves versus your goblin warriors, mm -hmm. and there's like that. Smash Up has many versions and there's tons of different ones yeah. like 
When we play the normal Smash Up, my favorite is Steampunk Bears. And I like zombie aliens, but and I'm told that I'm, I'm not yeah, allowed to play that. He's not allowed to play zombies anymore because he knows that deck too well and he will just... No, yeah. zombie aliens, I, I've game broken. Yeah, that, it's broken. <laughs> I can just get points without even winning a base yeah. because I can just points, 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 when, points, points. When we say broken, what we mean is it's... Basically, it's it's an it, unfair it's advantage. It's unfair advantage. Yeah, it's impossible to beat that person's probably gonna win kind of thing. Like ninety percent probability, yeah, I'm going to win. Yeah, it's unless not. I get it's a, not fair. Unless I get a really bad shuffle of the cards, you know. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to playing that because we got a chance to play about half of the decks that mm -hmm. it came with. But I like to play the other ones and see how they go. Because normally I like to go through the decks and like really like learn them and like what's the best strategy. Be but this time I'm like no. I'm just going to go in blind and I'm just going to mm -hmm. play the cards as they get them. Yeah, and I just happened I got a really good you combination. Did. You got a really good combination. Both times, actually, I got a yeah. really good combination. And I got one that, ones that were okay, mm -hmm. but I just feel like I didn't get a good shuffle. Yeah, and also, you know, sometimes it takes a while to figure out how does this fraction play and how do I use it to my best advantage? Yeah, because... And you didn't really have time to get to know if the you fractions. Don't, if you don't know them well enough to know what the strength is, mm -hmm. it's going to be hard. Like, one of them I got was an elf deck. And for them... They're very much about helping the other people. Mm -hmm. So for them, you have to be very finely balanced of like, I'm in a position to win, but I need a little bit more strength of minions onto this base so we can overwhelm it and make it uh, get ready to score. So I'm going to help you be a little bit stronger, but not as strong as me. Yeah. So that way we, so like. Yeah. And that's a, that's a fine line. To that's cross. a very fine line, but like you can work it. I feel like that's better with three or four players than two. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how that one works because it does play slightly different than the normal Smash Up. It does. And one of my criticisms of Smash Up is I don't like to play it with a large group because it's re it's really hard to play in your turn. And you really it can be really frustrating. Turn by turn, yeah. yeah. But if people are... And you have to sit there and think about what do I want to do. And if it's in a large group, it takes forever to get back to your turn. So people get bored. So people get out their phones. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing, too. It can take a long time. So I like to play it... Yeah, I like to play it with a small group, usually. Definitely. I would recommend no more than five at most. Yeah, even then, that, that can be hard. I have five a hard sounds time. a bit of a stretch. Four, Yeah, four would probably be It's a good double date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for myself... Uh, we mentioned it earlier. Um, we were a couple months into Pandemic Legacy. Yeah, we're about half a year into that. Yeah, and we still have a ways to go. We've only lost one month. And that's because we got our... Which I think is good. And without any spoilers, that's just because we got this really weird development where we couldn't fix... Yeah, well, uh, I mean that that's something. built into the game. So but like I said, yeah, it just we, it just threw us for a loop. We were yeah. like, wow, I totally yeah. don't get out of And we just parts. we got like a bad pull that one. You know, we've been really lucky, mm. and we just got a bad pull, and so all the bad things happened at once, and we couldn't recover. Yeah, just that shuffle um, of the cards really, really messed with us. Yeah, for the most part, like from what I've kind of heard about other people who are playing Pandemic Legacy, and a legacy game, we should say, is basically you know there's a normal version of Pandemic that you can play. But the legacy version, you actually make permanent changes to the board as you play it. And you only have a limited, this one, it goes by months. So you have a year, uh, you have, you you know, have every year month. So you have 12 plays essentially. And if you, if you lose one, you can replay that month again. But every single time that you play the game, whether you win or lose, it tells you go into the box, open this little like pouch or uh -huh. like get out this little sticker yeah put it on the board yeah so you're making you're literally making permanent this changes. is the consequence of you doing or not doing yeah this. you you literally rip up cards yeah um 
it is fun because like Greg said, there's little um, boxes and cards that you pull out. It's kind of like an advent calendar. One of the boxes, one of the boxes, we somehow like missed the directions oh, to God, open it. Oh God, and it made us such a and difference. And then we were like, we we jumped two. We opened box one and we opened box three. Why did Why we not did open we not box open two? two? Yeah. Let's go open that. Oh, that's where this yeah, is. Yeah, and we, we couldn't figure out because... Um, not this doesn't really give anything away but basically it's like a quarantine thing and we're like why do we only have one when it says we can like quarantine multiple cities yeah, and then I we found out that. we missed the quarantine tokens and that's why oh, <laughs> oh. now this character makes more sense yeah. oh got it got it got it got it but yeah the the only the hard thing about that is you know we started it with four people and it's really hard we can't really like change if that. one person doesn't show up or if one other person shows up, it doesn't feel fair to play it. Yeah, because it's not like we can't we can't add them in. So they almost have to either one of us ha like has to play with them or sit out or and it's just it's and like no. You don't want to play. You don't want to half play a game. Yeah, and and no one wants to be like, oh, well, you can watch us play. Like, no, that's not cool either. That's like a really jerk, like older brother thing to do. Exactly. Yeah, you, you can't can watch play. us play, Elliot. Yeah. <laughs> But, um, so yeah, I've been really like wanting to get back to that because I hear about all these people who've played it. I know a lot of people are on, there's actually a new season two. Yeah. And. Which I'm, looks intense. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, we haven't even gotten through season one yet. So, um, I'd really like to get back to play that soon. Well, hopefully we'll get it one of the Fridays this month yeah. or non-specific days of the week this month. <laughs> yeah. Whenever you want to have game nights, we can't stress this enough. You don't have to do them on Fridays. Maybe that's we can squeeze just, it in on Sunday. Who knows? That just works for us. Yeah. Music for this episode was provided by bensound.com. As always, you can find us anywhere podcasts are available. Rates and reviews on iTunes are much appreciated as it really helps new listeners find our podcast. We can be found at Game Friday on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please come talk games with us. Thanks for listening. Bye!